0: There's a depth of myself that hasn't fully been uncovered or explored because I've been relying on, you know, shoes. And so being barefoot really helped me to step within myself and realize, okay, what am I truly capable of doing?
1: Welcome to the Restore to Explore podcast hosted by your soulmates at The Foot Collective. I'm Nick, and at TFC, we're on a mission to empower humans to restore natural health and function from the ground up so they can explore movement and live life with freedom and confidence. This week on the Restore to Explore podcast, I have a conversation with Matthew Jang, who goes by parkour.jang on Instagram. Matthew's a high-level parkour athlete, and he shares his story about how he found parkour and why he does it barefoot. We talked about risk perception and his process of approaching a challenge in parkour by breaking it down into individual parts and working through each component individually before piecing it all together into a final movement sequence. We finish off by talking about what parkour is to him and where beginners can start if they want to begin their own journey into parkour regardless of age or current ability level. I had a great time interviewing Matthew and I hope you enjoy the conversation we had together.
2: Before we jump into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know about our brand new TFC Explorer membership, specifically designed to help humans get out of pain and find foot freedom. You see, we've had thousands of people reach out to us from across the world since TFC was founded seven years ago. Many have been in pain. They've tried traditional approaches with health professionals and were left feeling disempowered, lost, and often alone. But they refused to give up. They knew there had to be another way. And that's usually when they found us. The problem is there's so much information out there that's often conflicting and it can be super tricky to know who to listen to and what step to take next. We've been listening to these stories for years and working hard behind the scenes to bring everything we've learned from those interactions and the experiences of the collective to create something really special we believe has the potential to change lives. Whether you have a specific condition like plantar fasciitis, bunions, or Morton's neuroma, or just want to improve your overall foot or movement health, the TFC Explorer membership is for you. The membership lets you into our exclusive Explorers Circle, a private online community of like-minded humans on the same journey. Together you'll complete a 42-day virtual health experience. With daily lessons and challenges that will upgrade your health from the ground up and help you build powerful sustainable habits plus some lifelong mates from around the world on this journey you'll be guided by our ultimate digital training tool the collective compass that includes a training library with exercises routines and detailed actionable guidance for your specific condition Every two weeks, you'll also be able to connect for live group calls with our experienced TFC guides and your fellow explorers to share your experiences and ask questions. And if you join before July, 2023, you'll get 50% off your membership for life. It's our way of saying thanks for helping pioneer this exciting new adventure. Head to thefootcollective.com forward slash explorer to learn more, you'll find the link in our show notes.
1: All right, and we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Foot Collector's Restore to Explore podcast. My name is Nick, uh, and I'm hosting today's conversation with Matthew Jang. Matthew, uh, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to share your story with our community.
0: Cool, yeah, happy, very happy to be here and uh, share, share whatever story I have to share, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. So maybe a good place to start is... Uh, with an introduction. So, you know, what's your story? What do you love to do? And just kind of tell on the people listening a bit about who you are and then we can dive into um, you know, foot related stuff, parkour related stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's start with your story and let people kind of get to know you a little bit.
0: Okay. Um, let's see, I was I was born and raised in Hong Kong, uh, grew up in the city and um, was always very fascinated by movement and stuff so exploring movement in that way and then eventually moving to Hawaii a very um island nature place similar to you know where you are in Nicaragua um so just exploring it in 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 that sense and um I've been doing parkour for about 15 years now I think this is my 15th year of training so been been moving for quite a long time um dabbling in all sorts of different uh strength training and and movement disciplines like along with that uh within the gym calisthenics and most recently a lot of barefooting um doing parkour as well Um, currently getting my master's degree in psychology in los angeles and yeah i guess that's the that's the gist of it
1: Yeah. And growing up in, uh, how old were you? Like, have you lived in Hawaii pretty much? Uh, Like, what was the age that you were in Hawaii for?
0: Yeah. So I I officially moved to Hawaii at age 16. Um, So I I was living there for about 10 years before moving here. So Hong Kong for 16 years and then Hawaii for 10 years and the rest here.
1: Amazing. And do you find that the, I guess, more outdoor active sort of culture uh, living on an island, do you think that influenced sort of your love of movement or by the time you got to Hawaii, were you already sort of um, exploring the movement disciplines? Like, had you done um, parkour at that point, like in Hong Kong, or was it more afterwards that you got into it?
0: Yeah, so I've I've been moving... I've been moving for as long as I can remember. I don't remember a time where I wasn't moving my my mom were here uh, she would say that I started climbing before walking and <laughs> I on top of everything um I would climb out of my crib i would put i would climb into my crib to put myself to sleep all all sorts of things and uh, growing up I did. Almost every sport you can think uh, of, cross country, swimming, track and field, uh, volleyball, hockey, canoe paddling, kayaking. Um, Yeah, just just a whole array of different sports um, in Hong Kong. And in 2008, I discovered parkour. So I um, started training that and um, I'd gotten to a point where all these other sports were kind of getting a little boring to me. Um, I wanted to find something that, um, was a truer form of expression. I had gotten to different things like climbing and stuff, but I, I didn't like that. Um, climbing was, um, you know, I had to, you know, I had to go, I was doing indoor climbing at the time. So I was like, you know, I had to go to a gym to do that. I wanted to be out and exploring and doing a lot of other things. So parkour was, uh, that thing for me and i got to start training in hong kong and then moving to hawaii um yeah there's just so many such uh a much larger movement community in hawaii a lot of people surf, hike do all sorts of activities so when i moved there i was like wow like these are my people um i was kind of like uh, an outlier in hong kong doing Mm -hmm my things but when i moved to hawaii i was like okay everyone's doing that like some sort of movement practice so it was cool to kind of fit in and uh experience other movement communities and cultures like break dancing tricking um uh gymnastics all my friends that i made there were involved in some sort of movement discipline so yeah moving to hawaii definitely um skyrocketed my growth um allowed me to um, pick and choose from a lot of different movement disciplines and apply just different things like tidbits from different movement disciplines to my own practice. And um, yeah, I think moving to Hawaii definitely helped me progress and and move forward in that sense. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. And it it seems like, you know, the people that I uh, know who are into parkour, which isn't that many but it seems like a lot of them actually were movement generalists who explored a lot of different sports and sounds like a similar case to you where they were just uh weren't satisfied with the almost rigidness of traditional sports where you're not allowed like this unrestricted domain to express creatively express movement in any way you want right and i think um a lot of sports specific stuff kind of restricts you in what you can do um, and I, I suppose exploring a bunch of different sports also gives you like a big tool belt to choose from, uh, and also a good base foundation of movement capacity, right? Because every sport has its own demands, and if you know, even if you look at some of the best athletes today, a lot of them were generalists when they were younger, which seems to help prolong career longevity, but also just makes them more well-rounded athletes with better bases of of uh, of strength. And so, I guess one question, you know, seeing as parkour is this. Uh, really interesting mix of um play but also requires training to build up a foundation so that you can play in a more intense way how do you exactly. find the balance between specific training of like the work side of training your body to be able to have a capacity to play really hard and then the play side of creatively expressing your movement right because i think a lot of people work out or train in the very uh you know, work oriented sense where there's a lot of structure, uh, there's a lot of repetition. Uh, I think most people are missing out big time on the play side, but how do you marry the two and how do, how are you finding balance between the work side of preparing your body and then the play side of being able to express your movement freely?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool to hear like uh, an outsider's perspective as, as far as like what you see like within the parkour community. And I think um <clears throat> Parkour practitioners like we understand that you know human beings like you see kids in the playground and if parkour people go to a playground they see these kids and they're doing parkour you know it's just instinctual (laughs) these parkour is just basically a uh, accumulation of a bunch of primal movements running primal movements are running jumping climbing defending yourself lifting objects and um, swimming and parkour we really try to embrace the first three running jumping and climbing and these are all things that. You know kids do so <clears throat> i think i like to think of myself as you know that kid who's playing in the playground and is exploring and eventually is like exploring other parts of the world you know <clears throat> trees rocks nature and as i've grown up that playground has expanded and gotten bigger and the different types of um play structures change and <clears throat> Um, as you progress into adulthood, you get to a point where um, play becomes um, – how would you put it? More personal. It becomes um, a tool to empower yourself. And once you get into that realm, you, you I feel like every athlete tries to um, really try to discover the extent to which they can um, – do that sport do that specific thing that they're trying to do i like to use the metaphor of riding a bike like everyone hopefully everyone within their lifetime learns to ride a bike and most people will stop at just being able to ride a bike but the people who enjoy riding their bike so much they'll get into um you know bmxing they'll get into uh motocross they'll get into all these other avenues and so that line between playing meaning like just riding your bike being playful Changes because now all of a sudden you have this passion you have this drive to see how far you can push the envelope and uh similar to me like yeah like initially your training starts up as playing and then as you discover like oh you know it'd be nice to be able to climb higher jump faster um vault further then it starts you start to um how would you put it um You start to train you start to do things to allow you to play harder so i feel like that's where you know that line is like you want to play more you want to play harder you want to be able to maximize your own potential and so different athletes will you know look at you know strength training that's that's where i went to uh i started strength training to get my jump better to get my landings better Uh, i started doing more climbing on the side to get um My climbing better and so yeah i feel like marrying the two together is definitely a very important piece um of the puzzle and something that we all have to ask ourselves if you're an athlete or not Um, just uh yeah i I think for me it's definitely maybe 50 50. at this point in my training my training has become very playful in itself. I'm in a point where I am just enjoying what I'm doing. I'm not trying to push myself like I used to when I was Mm -hmm. younger. So I think um yeah to to me it's it's that's a very interesting question. To to me, I think whatever it is I'm doing, whether I'm training or playing, it's the same thing. I don't really see a difference at this point. It's just I enjoy the process of pushing myself hard um, in the gym and outside of the gym. And it's, it's, it's all the same. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, uh, you're, you're doing it right. If everything turns into play. And even I think for people, you know, what they do to earn money in life, what people would traditionally call work, if you can get paid to play and, and and really look at your work that you do to give value to the world in a playful way, I think it just makes life more exciting and more colorful and also expands our ability to be creative in all realms of life. Um, whether that's in our relationships or the work we do or the hobbies we do. Um, I think one thing that often comes to mind when I look at people doing parkour and even like when I get together with friends and they're trying parkour style things, right? Like how here's an obstacle, here's a, a boulder, a rock, a curb that's far away from another curb. Uh, how do we push our boundaries? And I think most importantly is how do we perceive risk, right? I think everyone perceives risk as different things. Uh, I think, you know, I even see it with my brother's kids, like my nephew. They allow him to do things uh, that are a bit risky. And I think I think risk tolerance and our confidence in being able to approach risk in a smart way starts when we're little kids. So, you know, like when you're looking at uh, when your circle of competence is here and you're looking at expanding your boundary by trying a trick or a move or something you haven't done before that is beyond what you know you what you know to be capable of because you just haven't done it yet. doesn't mean you can't do it, but you've never actually received any input from the world saying I can do this. Cause I, you know, I have to figure that out. Um, how do you weigh the risks of, you know, I haven't done this before. Um, uh, I know I probably can. How do you approach things with a, I, I guess a, um, how do you evaluate risk when you're trying new things? Like how does your brain think of that, uh, how did were you able to take risks when you were little uh like how do you because because you don't get to doing the kind of things you're doing on social media (laughs) without Mm. having a good history of approaching risky things with a because i mean if the first time you approach something risky you hurt yourself you can't really do that stuff right so how do you think of risk i guess within the spectrum of parkour how has that changed over time i'd love to hear your thoughts on that
0: of course yeah i think yeah, it's a huge topic. I think uh, just in life, like you, you risk, you risk yourself, regardless of what you do, and so you might as well live a life that you want to live, but you know, having a full understanding of the risks that are involved. You know, every time you get into a car, you you risk your life. You're risking the lives of other people. Yeah, that's not something we don't think about. We get into the car, we drive to work, we <clears throat> drive to school, whatever. Like we don't think about it, but like the reality is. At any moment while driving, if if you lose attention, if you you know aren't paying attention, your hand goes slightly an inch to the left. You could hit the rail, you could hit another car, and you're done. So it's very important that we are able to live a life that we want to live while also you know navigating you know the risks that are around us. And as far as um, being able to do things that are quote unquote risky. for me, like, I – everything that I do, like, yes, it, it is a risk, and especially from an outsider's perspective, um, the things that I do are very risky. But to me, I don't see that – I see the risk, but the the risk isn't as great as, a, you know, a person who hasn't been training for so long. And right. with parkour, we have um, – I don't know if there's a technical term for it, but it's a progressive method. Meaning like you have an obstacle in front of you, say it's something you want to climb and you have say four or five different barriers between you and what you want to achieve. And so one may be the risk of the height. One may be this or that one may be skill. And so as we progress and work to attain our goals, we are, Basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to check off each, you know, factor that I'm trying to deal with in in um, while trying to attain my goal. So if say I'm trying to attain a certain goal and I have three things between me and that goal. I will face that first thing as much as I can until that's not a factor anymore. Then I only have two things. Then I'll face the second one as hard as I can and then that becomes eliminated, then I only have one thing left. So I face that head on until I'm comfortable enough to the point where the, the, the risk becomes so small and minuscule, it's almost, it's not a factor at all. And um, with that comes a lot of things. Like um, if you see me doing climbs, like <clears throat> people don't realize that I have a I have different methods that I've already thought of to save myself. If I, if I fall to protect myself. Um, and so it's, it's not, it's not like what you see um, on social media or on videos. is not, it's not just me going out on a whim. Um, like Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to climb this thing today. No, it's like, I have probably spent, <clears throat> you know, a long time just looking at it. Not even on it, you know? Say I'm trying to climb a three-story structure. I get there, I'm looking at, it, I'm checking all the surfaces, I'm making sure everything is sturdy. And then I'm <clears throat> I'm progressing from the ground to the first level, and I'm doing that maybe 20 times until that's comfortable, until there's no longer a risk for me doing that first level. Then I'll progress to from the first to the second floor, and I do that maybe 20 times. And then I progress from the second floor to the third floor and I've done that 20 times. So at that point, it's like <clears throat> the the window of risk, it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller because I have trained, I have progressed. I've put myself in that space and i face my fears so that the fear becomes very small and almost obsolete so that when I am ready to do the full climb, like I've done every single part, of course, I'm like, okay, there's still this risk, but... I put myself in every situ- every possible situation that even if there is a chance of me messing up, like I can save myself and not you know be injured or get hurt and so yeah, basically, like we go through a risk elimination process to get to where we need to go, and I think that you know that method of thinking is can be applied to to most things in life, you know um yeah. I could I could, I could really get into it, but I'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> I mean, that was a great answer, and you kind of answered the next or one of the questions I wanted to ask was, you know, like <laughs> we see the finished product of a lot of work um, mm-hmm. on a, a final video, um, and what I was going to mention is like it's it's you know I could be wrong, but probably it's not you just stepping up to something and saying oh, I'm going to do this and then just doing it. And so I think you answered that brilliantly, and just the idea that. I think in the world of Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it might be, we see the final product, we don't see the process that people go through. Um, And I think that sometimes creating creates an incongruency where people are like, "Oh, I could never do that, thinking that you just got up and did it. But if they really broke down the process, which I think you did a brilliant job of doing of like chunking it and taking each individual obstacle and just facing one thing at a time. And then, you know, I think this process you just talked about really applies well to you know, we're a health network focused on feet. We're typically helping people understand how their feet works, so that they can get out of pain. And I think, just like you approaching some new terrain that you want to conquer or be able to creatively navigate through, which has multiple challenges, someone going from a state of pain to a state of being pain free is kind of the same thing, right? It seems unobtainable because all they're looking at it is from a binary of like either in pain or not in pain, or like you, like having no skill of doing something to completely nailing it. Whereas really breaking it down and being more process focused where it's like, I don't have to worry about doing this whole thing right now. I just have to worry about the next thing I need to work on gaining the ability to do so that I can check that box off. And it's almost like, like you said, by the end, if you've checked off that whole checklist, your risk perception is. Um, has been corrected based on you proving to yourself that you're able to do these things to the point where it's like, well, I've already done that a hundred times in aggregate in each of the components. So actually doing it is really just a matter of following through on all the individual components that I've kind of gone through. Um, I guess one thing I'm always curious about uh, is, you know, in all your videos, you're barefoot and Mm -hmm. it's pretty like, you know, I see foot health as this thing that we're very early on and that we seem to be right at the cusp of people sort of gaining an awareness, whether that's at the pro athlete level, whether it's the everyday person. Um, and is obviously something we're trying to work on is just expanding foot health awareness so people can take better care of their feet as mm-hmm. a foundation for health, but also because 75% of people have foot problems at some point in their life because they just wear shitty shoes. Um, I'd love to know the story of where you sort of were exposed. Have you always been the kind of person that, you know, spends time barefoot, um, if not, what was the inflection point that made you aware of that? And, you know, to someone who is a high level par- parkour, uh, athlete, and they come up to you and say, why are you barefoot? What kind of answer are you giving them? I'd love, I'd love to hear your take.
0: Yeah. 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 <clears throat> no, yeah. This is the question everyone asks me. Uh, and it's interesting because <laughs> my answer is always, my answer is always very different because there, there are so many factors and, and caveats to why I, I train the way I do. But, um, if I'm, you know, going back to the beginning, uh, let's see, I, I've never really been one to enjoy wearing shoes. Even when I was little, um, <clears throat> my mom would always wear sandals. And so I, I, my sister and I, I, have an older sister, we would always wear sandals. And, you know, whenever I had to put shoes on, I was like, ah, oh, I got to put shoes on. Okay. I mean, I guess, I guess, because I have to wear shoes to get to school. <laughs> I can't get into my school barefoot. So I guess I'll do this um and you know you don't really think about it it's like you know wearing shoes is something that's so ingrained into society into how we function as a people in this world at least within in the states or in, in the first world that it's something we don't really think about um i so i have flat feet uh it runs it's just genetic it runs in my family and <clears throat> whenever I would wear shoes for too long, my, my feet would get sore. My, my arches would hurt. I I wasn't really able to walk, um, for long periods of time without pain. And so, um, I would, I would try to be barefoot as, as much as I can. Um, of course I, I started doing parkour and it's, it's a lot it's a lot safer to do parkour with shoes on because, you know, we're taking impacts we're we're like running up and down all different types of terrain. And so wearing shoes, you know, I started wearing shoes more. And and again, like trying to find the right shoe that didn't hurt my feet was, was such a struggle. And, um, I think, um, at, at some point I was learning about, um, I forget the author. I'm sure you know. It's uh, the guy that wrote Born to Run. Um,
1: Daniel Lieber. Um, or, uh, yeah. Um, the name's is escaping me right now, but I know what you're talking yeah. about.
0: Yeah, yeah, no worries. And, uh, yeah, I was I – was, I didn't read the book, but I was watching videos of different people who have read the book and talking about the benefits of barefoot, uh, being barefoot. And I was like, wow, like <clears throat> I've lived my whole life, like, you know – having sore feet and not really knowing how to deal with it, trying to wear insoles and art support, uh, you know, support my arches, but none of those things worked. And after hearing about this book and people, you know, doing more things barefoot, I was like, okay, you know, is, is the solution this simple? Is it just as simple as taking your shoes off and spending more time barefoot? And um, I think, yeah, that really at least for me I can't speak for everyone but like just being barefoot more it definitely strengthened my feet my feet hurt last when I was, when I was wearing shoes and um, throughout my even early years training parkour I would definitely spend some time training barefoot mostly in shoes I would say most like 95% of my time training was you know wearing shoes and only I would train barefoot here and there <clears throat> then moving to hawaii um, there are so many people that hike barefoot, that do things barefoot, and generally speaking, like most people wearing slippers. Like, um, it's it's more common to see people wearing slippers and sandals than it is to see people wearing shoes. So I was like, great, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't really, you know, need to wear my shoes as often. And um, <clears throat> the friends that I made, we were always. Like running around the woods and the coastline barefoot and you know doing all these crazy things uh, without shoes and uh let's see fast forward fast forward a few years actually fast forward to COVID actually um up until that point I was training barefoot here and there but not never really seriously and then COVID hit and then You know, I I couldn't get a job, so I was just outside in nature, mostly barefoot all the time, or surfing, you know, barefoot all the time, and then I would train parkour, and I'd have my shoes, you know, underneath my car seat, and I'd be like, okay, now it's trying to train parkour, and they put my shoes on, and I would do that for a bit, and then I got to the point where I would do my whole day barefoot, and then I will get you know, I roll up to a parkour session and be like, you know, I don't need to put my shoes on anymore. I can just complete my day barefoot. So I would, you know, go do the session and it it was good timing because I got to a point where I was becoming bored of the different challenges or obstacles that, you know, in Hawaii. And so being barefoot kind of added a whole new level of, of challenge and um yeah just just challenge in general to what i was doing and it made me realize that you know parkour is all about bettering yourself um focusing inward and realizing what you can and cannot do and so i think training barefoot complete fully completed that picture because you know, for so many years I've been training with shoes and and knowing what my body is capable of do of doing with shoes on. But it was only when I decide to you know ditch the shoes, leave the shoes in my car, and do sessions barefoot, where I realized, oh, you know, there, you know, there, there's a uh, there's a depth of myself that hasn't fully been uncovered or explored because. I've been relying on, you know, shoes. And so being barefoot really helped me to um, step within myself and realize, okay, what am I truly capable of doing without, you know, anything? It's funny because parkour athletes, we, we like, we are always like saying like, yeah, parkour is so great because... All you need is a pair of shoes, and that's all you need. I've, I've taken it one step further, like, oh, well, actually, you don't need shoes. And if you want to really gain of the fullest understanding of what you can do, what you and your body can do, I feel like we, you know, should all spend at least a little bit of time barefoot and um, training. So, yeah, I think that's a yeah, a good something. That's really well said
1: yeah and i mean quite literally no pun intended taking your shoes off connects your soul to the environment that you're engaging with like it Mm -hmm. fundamentally deepens your relationship with the terrain around you because you're actually touching it Mm -hmm. um and i always find it you know i um, where i am in canada i often do this short hike and i usually do a barefoot or i'll do it in like very minimal sandals and i see people doing the hike in these big bulky hiking boots. And one of the reactions is always, oh, you're brave or oh, that's risky. And mm-hmm. I find it ironic because my perception now that I understand the value of having pure sensory input so that my feet know exactly what I'm stepping on, the angle of what I'm stepping on, and allows me a quicker feedback loop to react if I get on an unstable surface, I look at them in those bulky boots and I actually look at that as saying, that's risky. You think that's protecting you, but that's risky because you're way more likely to sprain your ankle in a boot with like a three inch cushion on it um, Mm -hmm. than you are when you're barefoot, right? And so I think it really is all based on perception and the idea that when we cover our feet in something, number one, our feet no longer can actually adapt naturally and be a stable, right? Like I think if you ask someone, is it easier to balance on something really wide or something really narrow? They would say, well, duh, something really wide. But they don't really think about the fact that when we wear shoes, most shoes compress our feet and make our feet narrower. So our base of support to be able to stabilize is all of a sudden at a disadvantage. Um, probably most people aren't challenging the moon capacity enough to really notice that deficit. And it's just what they've grown up with. Right. It's like literally the norm. Um, but I think, yeah, from the perspective of being a pure mover, um, the less things that get between you and the world, the more pure your movement feedback can be. And while it might take some conditioning to actually get to the point where you have feet that are capable of that, I think being someone who, like you were saying, was living a barefoot life means that you, your lifestyle literally developed a strong base capacity of strength and also mobility in your feet. So that for you, probably easier to do parkour barefoot because you already have a base capacity. Whereas most people who spend literally every waking hour in shoes have these almost like emaciated, stiff, weak feet, where for them, it might be risky to do some sort of movement practice barefoot because they don't have the base conditioning. And, um, you know, about the flat feet, I think one thing we really um, look at at TFC is the state of your foot in terms of how high the arches or how low it is as a snapshot really doesn't matter that much what really matters is the function of your feet right um and you know our foot's supposed to be capable of fully going flat and then resupinating so what doesn't matter is like how your foot looks statically what matters is can you get into both those positions and how functional are your feet like some of the quote-unquote flattest feet i've ever seen were on a world-class judo uh player and like i'm not going to tell that guy he's got a foot problem because he's never had foot pain And he could take me out with his pinky finger and is really good, clearly, with stability and really strong on his feet. So, yeah, it's interesting how there's a broad spectrum of what feet look like in terms of how flat or how high the arch is. But at the end of the day, what really matters is function. And I think one thing we try and get across is, like, focus on the function and what you're able to do, not necessarily on how your feet look. Um, I guess one thing I'm really curious about is, like, for someone who... Say, say someone came up and said, I, I love watching what you're doing. I think it's so impressive. I could see myself wanting to do that. If they don't know anything about parkour, don't know anything about the process of like, you know, if you're at level 100, someone's at level zero, but it looks like it's something they want to get interested in. What would be your sort of words of wisdom of how that person could get into this creative way of expressing movement? And oftentimes I hear this where people's training or workouts are kind of stagnating. Right, Almost like what you went through with those sports where they're kind of bored with the mundaneness of constantly doing the same things. And I, the other thing, too, is I think most people don't have a strong why of why they're training. Right, They're going to the gym to get a certain look or to lose weight. But for someone like you who actually has an outlet for creative play and knows that if I gain strength in this area, I'm going to be able to do these creative expressions. I think it gives a strong drive to actually do specific training if, if that's ever the case. But yeah, words of wisdom for someone wanting to get into parkour. How would you even describe parkour to someone who had just heard the word, but has no background context? Um, And then where is level one? Like where does, where does someone get started these days if they want to get into it?
0: Yeah, of course it's, yeah, I I think that's a, a, it's an interesting question because I, you know, we hear about all these different training modalities different ways to uh, be more functional, be more fit. uh, Yeah, you name it, different sports, yoga, CrossFit, weight training, all these things. And I always think, you know, I think a lot of parkour people think like parkour should have been the first discipline every human being was taught, because at the core of what we're doing, we're doing what the human body was, you know, designed by God or whatever you want, you know, to, to do, you know, like I mentioned before, like the human body is designed to <clears throat> run, jump, climb, swim, lift objects and defend ourselves like those are our like six primal hu- instinctual human movements and parkour is really just like reclaiming the first three and learning to be more efficient and functional move- uh, movers. And so <clears throat> when people ask me you know, oh I would love to do parkour but I'm, t- I'm too old or this or that it's like, well, like, yeah, you, you may not be able to do parkour at the level that I'm doing it. But <clears throat> parkour, like, is essentially a method to move better. And so mm. it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if, you're, if you think you're at level zero or negative, <laughs> negative zero. I, th- I think it's funny when I, when I hear people, like, some people are like, I want to get into parkour, but I want to get into, into good shape before I start. And I'm kind of there, scratching my head. I'm like, well, like, you you, you do the thing that you want to do to get better at the thing that you want to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and yeah. like, everyone has a starting point. Everyone can can move better. And so, I think it just depends on the person. But if someone comes to me and they're asking me, oh, what can you do to start? I just say, oh, what can you do now? Like, what what is your movement history? What sports have you been involved in and for most people like they have at least done some sort of sport and so they have a good foundation and i'll say like what if i told you like if you did parkour first and then did your sport you'd be able to do your sport way better because you have a greater understanding of your body you have a greater understanding of <clears throat> um yeah you're just your body moving through space and you see like people think parkour is this new thing this like you know we're extremists jumping off rooftops and of course there are those of us who do do that but people don't and they think we're crazy a lot of people think we're crazy but they don't realize it's like there's bits and pieces of people doing parkour but to different degrees like i said parkour is running jumping and climbing like Climbing has been around for forever. Everyone knows what rock climbing is, but they don't think rock climbers are crazy. They don't think they're being reckless. They know that there's a process to get to where they are, you know, same with running. Like every like everyone knows they're running. Like it's funny that everyone thinks that the base, the baseline of human health or function is just like, oh, I should go on a run, you know, which is great. Like running is amazing, but it's just one piece of that puzzle. And then, you know, there's jumping, like um, what people jump, uh, like track athletes. Everyone knows that like there's triple jump, high jump, long jump, and all of those things are fine and they're normal, right? But then they see parkour, discipline that combines running, jumping, and climbing. And then all of a sudden it's this really abstract thing, method of training, like, oh, I'd never be able to do that. But then they're like, well – At some point, you've probably ran. At some point, you've probably jumped. And at some point, you've probably had to climb on top of something, you know? So just put those three things together and you have parkour. And, you know, uh, I think just just looking at, you know, progressing to do parkour from the baseline, it's like, in the simplest terms, like you start you start off simple, you know, you start off with ground movements, you're learning how to jump on the ground um, <clears throat> from a line, and then maybe you progress to jumping to a curb. And then <clears throat> as you grow and develop your skills and put your body in different situations, you progress. And you can, there's, there's no stopping point, you can do as much as you want, um, as little as you want, there really is no... Um, there's no cap as far as what you can do and like at this point like we have parkour classes for elderly for like 60 plus and of course they're not doing huge jumps but you know these people just want to be able to move better they want to be able to go up and down stairs they want to be able to do regular things and doing a little bit of parkour may, may that be just balancing on a beam may that just be um, using your hands and feet together a little more is allowing them to live better lives, and so that's one end of the spectrum. On the other end, we have classes for infants, and it's interesting because we're really not teaching them anything. We're because they do it They might even own. be
1: teaching you <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Like if you watch the way like babies move, they're they're moving on all fours, they're climbing things, they're eventually they learn to run. So. I think all human beings learn how to do parkour at a young age, but we just at some point forget and we move into different, you know, training modalities and kind of like forget that you can do all these things together. And so like classes with infants, it's just basically we're like, okay, you're already doing these movement patterns that we do in parkour. Let's just help you move a little more efficiently. Meaning like, If an infant is, you know, using their knees to get up on something like, okay, you know, that's fine for now. But over time, you're not going to want to use your knee because your knee doesn't have anything, doesn't have a mechanism to absorb impact. So like, okay, as that baby gets older, like, okay, start using your foot because your foot is a shock absorber. You start using your foot and less knees, less knees and elbows. And uh, we teach them how to land so that, you know, they can do the things that they're doing there because kids – And infants are jumping off of things. They're trying to get an understanding of what their body can and cannot do. And so parkour gives them the tools to like, okay, you know, these are some things that you can maybe tweak or learn to help you move better. So, yeah, I think in summation, like anyone, it doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter um, at what it doesn't matter like what you think your starting point is. I think everyone can learn to move better. And so if, if that is your goal, then yeah, maybe like parkour is for you.
1: Awesome. That was really well said. And yeah, I remember watching a video one time uh, of an older person, they were probably 60 or 70 and they were doing parkour and literally all they were doing was they found a park bench and they were going from one side of it to the other and trying Mm -hmm. to do it differently every time. Mm-hmm. And it's like at the end of the day, parkour is creatively traversing uh, terrain um, in ways that allows you to expand your movement potential, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. and and I think part of that is just we've lost the creative, playful mindset as adults. Um, and one of my favorite sayings is, "We don't stop playing because we get old. We get old because we stop playing." And I think just sometimes yeah. observing someone doing something differently can be all we need as a as sort of like a template to give us permission or to give us some uh, new raw data to creatively try something different. So, um, Matthew, I really appreciate your time. I think we'll um, wrap it up there. I think that was a, yeah, great discussion to just kind of hear your story um, and, you know, to anyone out there who wants to get into parkour or wants to just expand their movement capacity. Doesn't matter what stage you're at. Everyone can start somewhere, and I think all it takes is a playful mindset and a willingness to um, try something different. So, you know, for anyone listening, if they want to find out more about you or watch some of the stuff you do, uh, how do how do people in our community find you on the internet to be inspired by what you're doing? And uh, yeah, give them give them a little send off, and then we'll we'll wrap it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I, I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is parkour.jang. Um, I'm kind of on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, but I'm kind of not on there. But uh, that is uh, for the love of the city. Um, I'm also on, yeah, yeah that, that, those are the two main ones. So, yeah, we'll leave at that. Cool.
1: And yeah, Instagram is parkour.jang. So if you want to check out Matthew stuff uh, and be inspired with some high-level parkour movement done barefoot, Uh, check that out Matthew thanks for taking the time to anyone listening thanks for giving us your attention today and um, listening in and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast ciao for
2: now thanks for listening to the restore to explore podcast to stay up to date with all things TFC join our brand new free community Inside you'll find a growing library of education, training and resources to help you resolve common conditions, restore natural function and explore your body's potential with a community that's there to support you along the way. To join, just head to thefootcollective.com or you'll find the link in our show notes.